Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Viking hot takes. We hopefully have another new man in purple. The Vikings have offered their head coach position to Rams offensive coordinator. Kevin O'Connell. We're here to talk about the end of Minnesota's head coach search coming to you live now. Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Welcome to the fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show. Viking hot takes. We've got me, Flip Mozzie. We've got Eric J. Thompson. We've got six questions, 20 minutes, and the fans with the answers in the comments. So buckle up and let's go. Eric, how you doing, man? I mean, it's been quite a 24 hours in Vikings land. Quite a week overall, but especially the, the it's been quite a whirlwind. Uh, the, the, the Harbaugh uh, little weird faces on Vikings Twitter uh, came and went already. Um, it has been quite the whirlwind, but uh, I think the Vikings got their, their guy. It might not have been choice A number one going into the week, but I, th- I think uh, the new regime, Team is here, and it's a new head coach and a new GM, and I'm excited for the new the new tenure. Yeah, I'm excited, and I'm excited for the show. You know, we move fast here. Let's do it. So we're gonna put the put the countdown in, and we're gonna start with the first of six questions. Please answer if you're in the comments. Eric, do you feel a little used by Jim Harbaugh? I mean. I get why a lot of Vikings would feel that way. I mean, it, it looked like it was a sure thing. I mean, Wednesday morning, it was like, it's happy Harbaugh day. He's just coming here to sign and that's, they got a new head coach. And, you know, especially if, if we hear that Harbaugh gets an extension in a couple of weeks or something like that from Michigan, I think it'll be hard not to put two and two together and be like, okay, the Vikings were maybe a little more of a bargaining chip than an actual destination for Harbaugh. But personally, no, I don't feel used by Harbaugh. I mean, it's a business. And for whatever reason, it was decided that Harbaugh was going to go back to Michigan and, and he's going to be there at least in 2022. And to be honest, like, are we sure that it was Harbaugh using the Vikings here? Like, because, like we a hundred percent sure maybe not the other way around, maybe a little like, again, it was reported that Harbaugh left the meeting. It was the nine hour. That's apparently the standard uh, head coaching meeting for the Vikings this week. It was, he didn't leave with the contract offer and, you know, perhaps the Vikings saw the opportunity there. They were really intrigued by having a big name in, in uh, Harbaugh and having the, his track record. He's, his, he's one of the more, you know, it's, it's not as large of a sample size as some of the more winning coaches, but he has a really good winning percentage and he's won everywhere he went. But maybe they had serious plans about bringing him in. And after Wednesday's meeting, he just, they just decided he might not have been the best candidate. 
who knows? Like we weren't there in in the meeting or anything like like that, and we, it could have gone back and forth. And maybe the Vikings uh, offered him something, and he Car- Harbaugh got cold feet and just wanted to go back to Michigan. So, but I mean, that's the thing. It probably, you know, Harbaugh. Is, this is probably a bargaining chip for both for both sides of it. I don't personally feel used by it though, because again, like this is coaches. I mean, this. If on the list of, of the scale of things that college coaches do to their programs and players and everything else, this is pretty pretty low. I, I think. I mean, everyone made such a big deal about him. Oh, he's he's leaving on signing day. That must be that you know he's he's going to the Vikings. I'm sure Michigan did most of their signings well before signing day. Like they, that's that's it's nice having mm-hmm. that uh, um, the caveat. But I mean, do you feel used by it? I I, I, I mean, I feel yeah. weird. Like I was excited about Harbaugh, but I just don't see that it was like just being used by him yeah i think i agree with most of the fellow fans it's like as more and more information came out sounds like harbaugh showed up to the test without pencil or paper so it's like (laughs) what are you gonna do and all four candidates i thought were pretty good so i like the fact that at the end of the day quasi got a variety of candidates in the door you know this might not be his only head coach hire here with the Vikings or even in his career. So it's important for him to get multiple looks at this process. Um, But what we'll get into later is we're running out of time here. That was my concern last week. So I think Jim Harbaugh literally wasted our time. Even if he didn't do it on purpose, Mm -hmm. the fact that he showed up for an interview unprepared to actually interview meant it was a waste of our time. So I hope that doesn't hurt us. Yeah, and it, and if O'Connell was at the top of the list, and it seems like, you know, Darren Wilson, I think, did a really good job reporting. It was like, the Vikings really like O'Connell. I think they had to ex- at least yeah. explore the Harbaugh opportunity. I don't think the Harbaugh thing came to light until, like, late last week, early this week. I think it was like, oh, he, he might be interested. I think they had to at least do their d- due diligence. And, of course, that made... Vikings fans uh, across the the country go absolutely bonkers. It's like, oh, there's a huge big name coach. What a way for the new GM to to start it. So yeah, I, I I'm not you know I don't feel like oh we we can't you know like we're gonna hate Harbaugh going forward. So I so before yeah. we go into we're gonna have a lot of O'Connell talk. I had to give you a platform. You had so many nice things to say. You said when it was going to be Raheem Morris. Have you held your moment of silence yet for Raheem Morris? Uh, you know, I, I trust Quasi. I trust Vikings ownership, especially right now. Um, I just, I, no, I haven't. I can't see why he <laughs> wasn't higher on their list. And what really bugs me about the Raheem Morris thing is, for some reason, he's not seen as a Shanahan McVay disciple. Why is he separate from that tree? I mean, this is a guy who spent Nine years with Jay Gruden, just like Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan did. He spent four years with Kyle, Kyle Shanahan in that Atlanta, the one of the most productive offenses of our era. He was the passing game coordinator for that Falcons offense. And now he's with Sean McVay coaching in the Super Bowl. So why is he viewed as separate from this new age coaching trend 
when he has the exact same experience. That's my big gripe with Raheem Morris and and why he wasn't he seemed to rank last in their in their final coaching search. It bugs me. That that's fair. I think that the number one reason that Morris probably isn't considered as part of the McVay tree is because he was around in the NFL probably when McVay was still in high school. Because <laughs> if yeah. your age doesn't start with a three, then you then you can't be on the McVay tree or something. I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I get the appeal, and and you made your case for him last week. I was I literally after our show last week, I'm like, all right, okay, I like I like Morris. He was always up there for me too, but like, I don't really have a whole lot to add here. I just wanted to give you the floor to show tonight and say your piece before we moved on. To, to, okay, I better say this at the top of the show. Our presumed new regime. Again, this is the Vikings, and Penn has not met paper, and it can't meet paper until at least Valentine's Day. So who knows? But it's, for it's right now. Literally the, <laughs> it's literally the Joker meme, like, and here we go. Like, every right. every day. There yeah. are still 11 days before O'Connell can officially become the coach, and who the hell knows what's going to happen there. All right, Noah, what's your next question. <laughs> Where did Kevin O'Connell rank on your coaching list? Okay. Well, I mean, I don't think he was at the very tippy top for me, especially when he was first introduced as a candidate. And I don't, I, I wasn't as high on Raheem Morris. I wasn't like he, he is the answer like you were, but like, I probably had him above O'Connell just because of his experience on both sides of the ball. And he has the experience as head coach. Just, I, I like having that again. And it's not like he, it, it was a sterling track record as head coach, but it was there. There's experience there. And it was the same kind of thinking, you know, when Todd Bowles was first in the mix, I, I like that, that he had the, again, it was the jets and it tend, turned out to be an ex- uh, disaster at the end, but I just like the familiarity there, especially with the, a new GM. But I mean, when O'Connell was named as a finalist, that really made me like, okay, here, here we go. And um, you know, I was certainly didn't have a problem with it. You know, like I didn't like, oh, yeah. this this guy, who's this guy? You know, he definitely. You know, first of all, he he spent time with Sean McVay, and everyone in the NFL knows that if if you just touch Sean McVay or shake his hand or something like that, you become a great coach purely by osmosis. You know, like that seems to be. Yeah. Then yeah. you think, oh, oh, you're you're young and you know Sean McVay, you're hired. You know, but I really think you know it. It's because he's a first-time head coach, and there were several well-qualified candidates. A lot of candidates that a lot of Vikings fans liked. If you even if you exclude all the Harbaugh stuff this week and the hoopla around hit, it really sounds like O'Connell was the guy before Hurricane Harbaugh swept through town and left just as fat quickly as it came. You know, like I said, uh, Darren yeah. Wilson, like he maintained throughout the week that don't count O'Connell out. And I'd heard from a couple other people too that like that you know basically if this Harbaugh thing doesn't work out we decide like O'Connell's the guy. So that, that seems to be at the, have held true. So yeah. And I, I get the whole, like he isn't calling the plays in LA and what's he doing as an offensive coordinator this young. And if, you know, and you know, but I've said countless occasions on the show, like I am much more concerned with what kind of leader the head coach is. I, I, and I yes. love that yep. Adelpha Mensa and O'Connell are both young forward thinking they're first timers. They have a blank canvas to work with. That's scary as hell. It is like we don't know what their overall plan is, but the fact that they can start yeah. on square one together, rather than bringing in someone like Harbaugh, who's going to have his own baggage one way or the other, like you're not starting with the blank slate with him. You're doing things. I mean, that's kind of why Harbaugh left San Francisco. It was his way or the highway kind of thing. That you know, there's a limited shelf life for for what it seems like he likes to do there and again if Adolfo Mensa and uh O'Connell don't win a whole bunch of games the first three years there's probably a good chance that one or both of them get replaced but it gives them a chance to build together and get everyone on the same page so that's what I like about it 
Where do you rank yeah. on yours? Yeah. I know you have, you know, you know, he's it, behind Morris, but yeah. It, he is, um, like I said, I like a lot of these candidates, and you can totally see the rationale. And this is workable right. into success over the next year, few years. That said, you know, going to do my Debbie Downer thing. Sorry, y'all. But the finalist, Kevin O'Connell ranked big fat number four for me, dead last. Oh, it's, okay. And, and the, the last thing I wanted was a scheme wizard. and. I, I get that he's respected around the league. It's nice that he's young and offensive minded, but j- he's literally nothing else. Already people are propping this up by saying, look, our, our players, our offense, it's going to be great. It's going to be just like the Rams. Justin Jefferson is now Cooper cup. And that is just complete bullshit. Number one, if he's really a good offensive mind, he will adjust his scheme to fit the players. He won't be adjusting the players to fit the scheme. That is ass backwards. And then number two, just like you said, all the things we actually talk about, leadership, culture, I don't know if he he has any of that. And I'll say, I'm not going to say he doesn't have it, but I don't know. And that's the one thing that I wanted to know with a new head coach. So that to me means that this stuff is going to fall on the players when things are going well, just like in Cincinnati and in, in Los Angeles in, in, in the, for the Chargers, I'm sure it'll all be good. But if it gets sideways, I just want someone who's been there before. I hope people can just see that. This, I mean, he's young. He's really young, yep. and he doesn't have anything but the scheme. We are only getting a good offensive scheme, it seems like, right now. And he does have a little experience with one Kirk Cousins back in the old Washington days. Oh, so don't get I think me that started. Might, I, don't I, get know, me started. I know. I had to poke the bear a little bit. Uh, yeah, that those are all valid concerns. <laughs> but again, I, I I don't mind the clean slate. And again, he must have made a hell of an impression in these interviews because he didn't have that experience that a lot of the other candidates did. All right, we're we're we got to keep on track here. We got a few more questions left. All right, oh, we got we got with moved. all the new people. Yeah, yeah, with all the people coming in, we got a few coming leaving. So, how will the departures of Ryan Ficken, Andrew Janoko, and Clint Kubiak affect the Vikings going forward? <laughs> not not great, Bob. <laughs> you know, I mean, Ficken and Rogsher are the only ones I actually care about. First, with the offensive line coach Phil Rosher. I understand the players liked him. The offensive line did suck. Uh, Ficken, 15 years in Minnesota, and he just fixed our special teams unit. So I really like that. Ideally, you have the head coach in place, and he decides who he wants to keep or let go. So for a a young coach, the fans are saying in the comments, there's a lot of spots to fill on the coaching staff right now. Yep. What what do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean... Clint Kubiak could very well turn out to be a nice coordinator, but I am very glad he will no longer be working out the kinks as offensive coordinator of my favorite team. And I don't think I'm alone in wishing him well, but not losing any sleep over that one. I think the Ficken one really, it might hurt. I mean, that special teams unit as a whole hadn't been this good since basically the pre 
Chris Cluey accusation Mike Freeford is. You know, like it's been a while since yeah. the special teams have been yeah. that good. And so, I mean, like both return units were a lot better in coverage. The kicking game outside of a couple of pretty notable misses weren't uh, an abject disaster. And like that now, of course, he just must love challenges, Ficken, because he took one pretty cursed special teams unit now he's going to the chargers like that team has its own like special specialty like they they screw up three or four games a year just on special teams so uh good luck to him but yeah like that's i think that's gonna be the biggest right. departure it kind of seemed like Janoko might have been a little bit of like a kevin stefanski in training still a younger guy he knew several different parts of the team and it looked like he was being groomed for bigger things by the vikings but now uh we'll see exactly how much he can groom uh justin fields he's going to still be uh familiar with this uh, because he's just going to chicago so yeah that's the only one uh that's left that's left thus far that i'm really concerned about is ficking because finding a good special teams guy especially with this uh team is is kind of tough it's it can be a little difficult yeah, I don't want to take that special team unit for granted. He did a great job. Next question, right. Eric. <laughs> the Washington Commanders. With with question marks and exclamation points after it. Yeah, like what the hell? I I mean, it's so what? weak. I mean, it, it really is. Like at, at the its very best, it's just lame. It's boring. Like I mean, I I like the Washington football team a lot better. Like it it was unique. It, had that like the old school soccer team kind of feel like it was, but, and like, yes, the team name that's, it's really unimaginative. It's kind of meh. It's, it seems like, you know, like that's something you'd name a team when you don't have the rights to the NFL, you know, like old video games that didn't have any NFL PA rights. So they had named their team, the commander, you know, like, and the uniforms, like they look like they're straight out of like an oh. Under Armour high school all-star game. Don't they? Like, that's <laughs> like, you. I've seen like, Oh, this guy's going to, he's committed to Clemson and he's wearing this stupid Jersey. You know, like, and especially like the, the black alternates with that, the Wario looking W right on the front well, of their helmets. The I mean, like, yeah, like, it's it's just it's bad it's it's in like the burgundy and gold that's a good color scheme that's a classic yeah. color scheme and that's one of the few traditions that washington has that isn't offensive or bad like that's that's the rich part of your tradition do that you know like and i'm sure in a few years the the commander's name will be just fine and it won't be as revolting mm-hmm. and but as usual it's it's washington screwed it up like from the early leaks into that official release video the official release video that washington put out like it had yeah, very prominently that old name that they had to change the name to the commanders in the first place. A lot of the logo, a lot of that old name. It's like, oh. yeah, I get it. That was part of your tradition, but like, maybe not celebrate it when you're, you know, making the name change that you had to make because of that. So, yeah, I mean, it just right. it, it's so un- unimaginative, poorly rolled out. Everything you expect from Dan Snyder's team, and I mean. Just go full Keanu Reeves in the replacement. Call them the Sentinels. You know, like do something with. I mean, that has more history than the Commanders. You know what I mean? Just, so, I, like, just something with yeah. a little joke. Yeah, that, that's fair. Yeah. I I will say like, so so what bothers me about it is, if you're gonna go generic, like how about the captains instead of the Commanders? Just be the Washington captains. That's still leadership. That still works. Yeah. I mean, it's and also pro tip. Dog breeds are underrated when it comes to mascot name. You can go with the boxers or the terriers or the retrievers. The eagles versus the beagles would literally be better <laughs> than the Washington like commander. But the real loss is the uniform because like the football team mm-hmm. did have a great look, no name and yes. a great look. So you can update the name, just keep the look the same. And 
what bothered me about the new uniforms is they were all just one color. There was no like burgundy top, white bottom. It was like all burgundy or all black. And I'm like, yeah, man, I mean, maybe they mix good. And, yeah, maybe they mix and match like the Chargers do with the pants and stuff like that. But still, it's, I, it's you're not saving that. I like the, so. the burgundy ones are okay. The burgundy ones are okay. The white ones are just like futuristic for futuristic stakes, and and those alternate black ones are just an absolute disaster. That <laughs> that. It, it's t- I mean, but what do we expect? It's Washington. Okay. We, we, All right. Let's we, move we, back. We let's ha- go back I, to the I'm, I'm glad. I'm, yes. I'm very glad we got that off our chest, though. We had to talk about that. That was terrible. We, we will right. always My, talk uniforms I, on this show. <laughs> absolutely. It's very important. Um, so, all right. My final one. O'Connell's got a staff to fill out. If uh, uh, who, who are your choices for the coordinators under O'Connell? I, I literally might just pass this back to you, Eric. They, they seem to be mostly what? gone. You know, offense, Thomas Brown, the Rams running back coach. And it sounds like he has kind of like that Mike Tomlin type attitude about coaching. Um, But that is a run based, you know, look for the offense. And then on defense, he's apparently close with John Cooley, the Rams secondary coach. Kwesi has connections to Vic Fangio. But Mm -hmm. I mean, we may just have two old hat coordinators. That's the best case scenario. People are saying Wade Phillips. Well, he had sent out that tweet today. Like he said, he just posted it was just the offense was ranked 12th and the defense was ranked 30th. Very, you know, not very analytical if he's trying to uh, to please Koisi there. But, you know, but the one thing is his son is on the – I mean, you know how the Vikings love nepotism. The, the, his yeah. son is on the Rams staff right now. So maybe, yeah. So that's you. You don't have. Yeah, I don't have like a ton either. I guess like, but it's going to be important who he surrounds himself with. Like, I I wouldn't mind Vic Fangio. Like, I like that. I like the contrast of new guy and experience. And some coaches are just really good coordinators and kind of not very good head coaches. And I think Fangio kind of falls in that right. in the in that category. We see it all the time. And plus, he's familiar with the division. He was on the Bears what three years ago. And but the offensive side, man, that is mm-hmm. that's wide open in my opinion. I don't really have a ton Who's of guys calling that, the plays. Like, Right. That's going to be huge. Like, and that's obviously very crucial. And like, which coach, but like, just get away from the run first mentality, like that has hindered this offense, which coach is going to get the most out of cousins. You know, someone just tell him, Hey dude, you've been in the league for a decade now. Go ahead and freestyle a little bit. Do it. You know, you can improv, you can change the play at the line. If you don't like the coverage, you don't have to check down because that was your third read. And that was the only open one. Do something like that. It, It, we have a clean slate. That's the best part about this regime. Let's let's uh, make the most of it. Finishes on time. Uh, Viking Jerome, you are right. The Vikings do have the best helmet in the NFL. Kubiak, uh, Kubiak will not be calling the plays. So, so that is appreciated. But yeah, we'll just have to see how this staff builds. And we're going to have to see... It's Pro Bowl and Super Bowl time, Eric. I'm watching the skills competition. Who are you picking for the Super Bowl? Wait, who are you, no, who are you Man. picking for the Pro Bowl first? AFC or <laughs> NFC? If you're if you're picking or gambling on the Pro Bowl, shame on you. Like that's you're, you're just a degenerate. No, I I won't you're be the watching the Pro master. Bowl because I'm not even going to be watching, so I'm not even going to pick because I'm going to be on that's the true. beach in two days. So I am I am out for the Pro Bowl. I'm going to come back right before the Super Bowl and. Uh, Man, I I really want to pick the Bengals because it's a fun story and the like. It, it seems like they're on riding a wave. 
but the Rams, this is what they've built that team for. And that, like, it'd be cool, you know, to have a head coach that's fresh off a Super Bowl win, you know, like that, that's, that's nice. And that's that the Rams went yeah. all in, they pushed all their chips in, they traded all the first round picks. This, they got, they got to do it. I, I don't know if I, I like, the, I think it's going to be a close game. I think I might pick the Bengals against the spread if it stays at that four or four and a half or whatever it's at now, but I'll, I'll I'm leaning towards the Rams. So how about you? Okay. He's got the Rams. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm in LA, so I got a root for our new head coach. So I'm going to go Rams as well. And like Hey, we'll hope for that, that, that video with the Bengals fans celebrating the AFC championship did that did touch my heart a little bit, but Rams it brought back Minneapolis miracle man. It, it brought back. I'm like, Oh, we did that the round before. That was the <laughs> happiest moment in my franchise of my life. Yay. God. Okay. One day. One day, Flick. This <laughs> regime, maybe day. it will be this. Maybe Adolfo Mensa and O'Connell will take us to the promised land and we'll look back on the show finally and be like, look, this is where it all started. But it's also He's literally going to apply that experience right away, build a Super Bowl winner in Minnesota after he wins the one himself. That's what we're hoping for. Loving the answer in the comments. Thank you all for joining Absolutely. so much. And uh, until next time... Skull Vikes. Thanks, everyone. Skull. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.